0: All right, so we'll say good morning. Good morning. Let us begin. We have a beautiful daf ahead, an interesting daf ahead of us today. Miratasha, am a beautiful, an interesting daf. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning's Shear. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of Iyar, Yona and Shashi Ehrenfeld, for dedicating all the shir and this month. L'zehir nishmas their grandfather Yosef ben Shmuel Aaron. Benjamin and Elise Wall of Natanya Eretz Israel for dedicating all of the shiurim this month in memory of their dear friend and mentor Moshe Chaim ben Tzvi Hirsch. our week of learning sponsors Hillary Jacobs in Kent in commemoration of the site of her daughter Shifra Racha Bas We thank our day of learning sponsor today, Bradley Bender, in commemoration of the sixth yard site of his father, Label Ben Ruvain Zichron Levracha, and our Dafyomi sponsors for today, Yirachmil and Judy Noodleman, in commemoration of the yard site of Richard's father, of Yirachmil's father, Jack Noodleman, Yaakov Ben Moshe Tzvi on the Vraha. We hope that in the merit of our time and Torah, all of the neshamas will have an aliyah and the families a nechama. Well, see, with that, let us begin. So today's daf is Ayin Vav. I want to thank Rabkaam and Akiva for giving share yesterday. I know you got a little bit further down the daf. We're just going to back up just a little bit to the third line down from the top. This way, again, we get, uh, we get the daf in its entirety in. Summer Shmuel. Shmuel says as follows. Nikave Venistam. So we'll see, remember, again, we are on the extremely fascinating topic of Khrush Shafcha and Petzua Daka, it is, it's interesting, it is interesting. Kruz Shafcha and P'tzua Daka. So i will say, so remember again, one of the things that we've established is that Halacha Lameisa, in the realm of Khrushchev. so ultimately if there's some type of puncture wound, some type of puncture wound that ultimately prevents the zera prevents the semen from really coming out with force. That, by definition, on the most basic level, is a krus shavcha. So, listen to this interesting case. So, let's say there's a puncture, there's a puncture, but then it's sealed in. It scabs over, sealed in. What's the halacha? So, I will say. So, again, the Shaila just is there's a puncture. The puncture is then sealed. So then, does that reverse the condition of krus shavcha? So the gemara says it's a very simple. It's a very simple calculation. If in a future ejaculation the seal holds, then by definition the person is no longer no longer a krus shavcha. Vilav. So the gemara says am sorry. If when there's when there's a hotzas zera. Ultimately, the seal breaks. Puzzle. Ve'ilav. Kasher. And ultimately, again, and if not, and if the seal doesn't break, then the person is kasher. Havibah Rava. Rava was bothered by this. Heichal. Where exactly is the puncture? Iley malamata measara. atar. Excuse me. If you say that it's below the of the corona afilu. Nehras. Nami, ultimately, if it's below the Atara, then even if a person is missing part of the Aver, it does not render them apostle. Ela Atma. Rather, you have to say that it is dealing with the Atara itself. Itmar Nami, Amar bar Mar, Amar Mar, Okvar Mar, ve If ultimately there was a puncture in the Atara itself, v'nistam, and then it's sealed nikri Again, I will say, how do you test if ultimately, again, the seal works? On a very simple level, if when there's a Hotsas, zera, the seal holds, then the person is not a Khrushchevka. If the seal doesn't hold, then the person is a Khrushchevka. I will say, I'll tell you, over the, you know, one of the things you try to do in the daf is to try to find contemporary relevant meaning in our Gimaras. I'm not going to lie, it's been a shtickle struggle the last couple of days. I'll say, but, but I, I'll tell you I was thinking about this Gemara and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to start a little bit further up I'll say, I think that there's an incredible Moser skill in this Gemara look what the Gemara is describing Gemara is describing a person in there was a puncture there was a puncture the puncture was filled in nestam and now you have to figure out ultimately again does the seal hold the only way to test the seal is if there's a zera. if a person emits a person emits seed I thought what an incredible metaphor for tshuva as well. Sometimes in life, knee cave. Sometimes in life you puncture. I have a beautiful neshama, right? I have, I have a beautiful heart. And sometimes, unfortunately, I puncture it. How do you puncture it? You puncture it through Averas, You puncture it through negative behaviors. I puncture it through making wrong or bad decisions and going in bad directions in life. That's the knee cave. Then there's nistam. Nistam, what does nistam refer to? That's tshuva, that's tshuva. See, I so tshuva, tshuva, is the seal, right? Tshuva is the nistam. We'll say, how do you know if your tshuva is a real tshuva? What's how do, right? What does the Rambam say? How do you know if your tshuva is a real tshuva? When you're tested again, when you're put in the same exact situation. So that's the Gemara. Nikev, I committed an avera, and therefore again, there's a hole in my neshama. Nistam. I do tshuva. I do tshuva. At the end of the day, koshe ilu nikri v'nikra. If I'm put back in the same situation and I commit the mistake again, ultimately possible, then the tshuva wasn't really a good tshuva, the ilav. But if I'm put back in the same situation and the seal holds, the tshuva holds, then ultimately, kosher. That's a tshuva. He will say an incredible Moser Haskell from the words of Chazal. So the Gemara goes right there. The Gimara says, So Rava, the son of Rabba, sent Rav Yosef, the Gimara says, So I will say, this is actually a very important Gimara as well. So the Gimara is asking, in other words, obviously, in the same case, puncture, seal, now the only way to see if the seal is going to hold is for the man to have a seminal emission. So I will say, remember, we, and here's the, here, it sounds a little bit strange, but here's the crazy part. In other words, we, whoever the we is, need to see that seminal, it's not me, right? Ne, ne, needs to see, it's totally not in my job description, right? <laughs> I don't know, call Hauer, you know, you know, so, uh, so, 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 uh, so ultimately, again, so somebody needs to see that, that seminal emission, right? Someone needs to see that. So ultimately, ultimately, says the Gemara, says the Gemara, how are you bringing that about? So says the Gemara, Okay, so the Gemara, it's common like even mentioned yesterday, Zdaf. so the Gemara introduces this very interesting idea of going ahead and putting warm bread by the anus and somehow this goes ahead and causes a seminal emission. Okay, so the Gemara says, So we'll say, what, what is the Gemara bothered by? I mean, there's many things one could be bothered by. I will say, but L'maysa, but, what what the Gemara is bothered by is it's so difficult to bring about a seminal emission. In other words, that, that like we're dealing with sadiki over here, that we're, we're not sure how do you get a man to be motzi zera. Like like it's such a tough thing. So the Gemara says. So the Gemara says. Mm-hmm. I will say, is everybody Yaakov Avinu whose first seminal emission was in the context of marriage? In other words, I say, to make it sound like, oh, we're not sure how to get a man to go ahead and have a seminal emission. Everybody's Yaakov Avinu, that it's so difficult, it, not that it's difficult, but everyone's Yaakov Avinu, that there's such a purity of thought that a man can't bring himself to a seminal emission. Big so he says, we, we, we'll go ahead and literally show him the colored garments of women. So by showing him the colored garments of women, ultimately, again, that brings him to arousal and it causes him to go ahead and produce a sample. So the Gemara says, one second. So I will say, is everyone like Barzilai Hagiladi? So who's mm-hmm. Barzilai Hagiladi? Look at Rashi, I will say, this is actually an incredible Rashi. Barzilai Hagiladi, shut he was, he was very, Barzila HaGiladi was a very Mormon. I will say, just seeing who Barzila HaGiladi is, Barzila HaGiladi was an ally of David Amalah. When David HaMalach was running away from Shalom, Barzila HaGiladi helped him. Now I will say, just the context over here is incredibly important. When David is restored back to power, he invites Barzila HaGiladi to come and live in Yerushalayim and be supported by the king. So what does Barzidah HaGiladi respond? Look at Rashi. <speaking in Hebrew> so Barzidah HaGiladi gives a very interesting response. He says to David, I'm already an old man. Food doesn't have the same flavor. You know, he was saying like, I'm old. And so the truth is, it's very nice that you're inviting me to come and live in Yerushalayim and dwell at your table. But at the end of the day, I'm an old man. I don't really enjoy the physical pleasures of life all that much. So interestingly enough, Vigimara says, Barzila Giladi was not an old man, yet he, he, he feels like an old man. How do you go ahead, how do you understand his advanced old age? So the Gemara says, He was very immoral. He was very immoral. So I will say because of his immorality, ultimately, again, he aged prematurely. Which I will say, if you think about it, is also an incredibly profound yesod. If a person misuses their life kohos in the wrong way, right? There's, there's a certain koach we have in life. There's a reservoir of energy. If I, use, if I use my energies in the wrong direction, I use them in the wrong way, ultimately it saps me of my vitality. This is what, you know, often we think, we think that the downside of hate is the onesh, is the punishment. Onesh is one part of hate. But you know what's even worse? The, the, real, the real tragedy of sin is the fact that I'm taking energy that could have been used towards doing something good. And I've misused it and misappropriated it for something negative. That's, that's the real tragedy. Because Onesh, will say, that, you know what the great part about Onesh is, the great part about punishment is? HaKadosh is a And if you do tshuva, and if you do tshuva, it's easy enough to sidestep the Onesh. The real tragedy of hate is energy that could have been used for dynamic, productive activity has now been squandered in the pursuit of nothing. So Barzidai Hagiladi is not old, but he feels old because he spent a life of immorality. And as a result, he's squandered all of his kohok. So I'm going to say what an incredible you sowed. It. It's something for us to think about because we're all tempted by avera. Probably, right, many of us all day, all the time. And sometimes it's just a question of if I use this bucket of strength for this particular negative endeavor, that's less stress, that's less strength, excuse me, that I have for my family, for myself, for Akadosh Baruch Hu, for mitzvahs, for chesed, for Torah. And hopefully that knowledge that I'm squand- literally actively squandering resources. Hopefully, gets me to think twice and gets me to make the right decisions in life. The Imara goes weiter. I'll say two incredible Musra skills just on the top of I involved. Turn around. Nikave, Pasl, Shose. So, I'll we'll say back, back to the Khrushchevka. Okay, so, ultimately, if there's a puncture, if there's a puncture, so ultimately, it's Pasl because of Khrushchevka. Why? Because we assume that the Zera will drip. Will drip. Can I ask something? Please. Only if it needs them by oh, we're gonna see that. Is going it. We're gonna see even artificially doesn't have to be a natural seal. we're gonna see that in just a moment. Well, I don't get any ideas. Only Jews from Eretz Yisrael could ask questions. I just want to point out that's a special skill. If you live in Eretz Yisrael, right? So as I say, Gemara says as follows. Ultimately, again, I will say, if there's a puncture, if there's a puncture, and then ultimate, so he's possible because, because, because it drips as opposed to flows. Nistam, if it's sealed kosher, Because I will say, again, if there's a seal, then we assume the presence of the seal allows the zera to exit the body with force. And I will say, so you see, very interesting, that a person could be a kushavcha, Right? Could be possible. But then again, ultimately, if the puncture is sealed, they could be returned to their original status of personalistic hashros. Sigmar says, so, says, Zeru Mai. it sounds like this is a case where you could reverse the psul." But when it says this, this usually does what? Comes to exclude something else. So, L'meutei is Karum, Sha'ala, Machmas, Maka, Berea. Karum. actually very interesting. This comes to exclude the following case. What happens, we'll say, we know that one of the trefas in an animal is if the lung is punctured. What happens if the lung is punctured, but then the puncture scabs over? And we'll say, we do not say that the animal is returned to its cashros. Once you have a punct- once the animal has a puncture in the lung, ultimately, again, it is a trefa. And even if it scabs over, it's not kosher. We'll say, that's why, interestingly enough, when we go ahead and shecht an animal, one of the things we check for in glat, kasher kashrus. Or we check to see that the lungs are smooth if there's something called the sircha which essentially is a scab in the lungs what that tells us is the animal had a puncture the puncture scabbed over and ultimately again the animal is trapped we we'll say it's actually very interesting how, how you know how they check you know how they check for sirchas and lungs they inflate the lungs they, it's fascinating they inflate the lungs and when they inflate it's fascinating you could see very clearly if there was a scab, so I will say. So the Gemara is just pointing out over here. It. It's very interesting. So by krushapka, by ultimately again, if there's a puncture and it heals and it heals, the individual is once again kosher by an animal. If there's a puncture in the lungs and it heals, the animal is not kosher. So the Gemara goes there. Right, so I will say. So, so listen to this. This goes to the shay that was just asked. So I will say. Now let's say someone has a puncture wound a puncture in the Aver, and we want to help this person. We want to seal it up. How do you seal it up? In other words, we'll say we're asking through, through intervention. right? Surgical means we like to do surgery to go ahead and say, how do you do it? So I'll say, this is absolutely fascinating. So the Gemara says, here's what we do. We go ahead and we bring a barley kernel, a barley kernel, or it could also be a wheat kernel. We scratch the surface. We scratch the area. We scratch the area ultimately, again, where the puncture wound is, in order to make it bleed. In order to make it bleed, Rashi says over something very interesting. Rashi says, as we'll say What we want is we want to irritate the area a little bit. Because by irritating the area a little bit, it's a shtickle swollen. You're going to see us. Watch what we're going to do. So we'll say, now watch this. We take fat. We take fat. Vishayfinon. And we go ahead and we smear it on the affected area. Say, now, watch this. We take a large ant. Rashi says in the Gedola. says we bring the ant. We have the ant bite the affected area. So say, now, watch what's happening over here. So, say, so now you have the fat that's smeared on the area. The ant bites. Now, the ant inserts its head in the opening, right, in the of um, in, in the, what did I say it was, the of The hole. But what was the word I used before? I didn't use hole. Puncture. Thank you. In the punctured area, right, in the hole, right? And then I will say, what happens? And then we cut the head off the ant. So essentially, I is it's fascinating. So I will say, so the ant head, uh, together with the fat, essentially plugs the hole. Plugs the puncture. I say, I just point out something amazing. This is this is Talmudic surgery. I will say, just understand. By the way, I'm want to point out this wasn't the Jewish thing, right? I will say, this was this was the medicine of their days. I will say, it's a variety of things. It's the same thing. And yet, I will say, in general, whenever you see Talmudic medicine, just like you know in yesterday's daf, we had the situation of the Gemara highlighting the idea that semen and urine come out from two different tubes. I will say, Bipashtos, it's not nishtanu hateva. It's not that we physiologically change because that would be such a dramatic physiological change that the idea, it's how they understood the body. It's how they understood medicine. Rosh Zaman Arbach, and he's quoted, he's quoted as saying, he's quoted in, um, in the Nishma Savram, um, Nishmas Avram, Dr. Avram Steinberg was a chief of, a chief of medicine at Hadassah Hospital. So it was a hero like an encyclopedia, an encyclopedia on Shulchan Aruch with medical issues. See, calls of Shlomo Zalman in the beginning of that, in the, in Khalif, Rabshaw Shlomo Zalman says, whenever you see Chazal speaking about medicine, that's not halakha, that's reflecting the medical knowledge of their time. Which is why Zalman says, follow Gimara to the T. But never in anything medical. Never anything medical. We do not take the refus of Chazal. We do not take the medicine of Chazal. Because again, say, that, what, that, wasn't, that wasn't something to anchor in Yiddishkeit. That was the medicine. So I say, I'm just pointing out how incredible is it. What you're seeing is Talmudic age surgery. This is this was the surgery. Scratch the affected area. Cause it to swell. Cause it to bleed. Take fat Take fat, which I will say is a great way to plug anything, but now you need something. I will say, what's, what's the role of the ant? What's the role of the ant? You need suturing. You need something to suture the spot so the ant bites, closes the affected area, lop off the head. We're good to go. We're good to go. Say, by the way, you could do this in your living room. I I'm so, so, just going to point out, no copay. No copay either, I will say. It's in other words, I don't know for the doctors. I don't know like, what you put on the assurance form for this one, right? I don't know. But again, I just want to point out it's absolutely it's incredible. So sometimes we look at these things and we're like, oh my gosh, what is this? I will say it's Talmudic surgery. And by the way, if you kind of like when you get over a little bit of like the ant head and fat and all this kind of stuff, it's actually pretty incredible it's actually pretty incredible, given the times in which it's actually absolutely incredible what they were able to pull off. Incredible. So let's go back to Rabose. So the Gemara says, Aval parzala, Mizrav Zarbosei. But again, it's very interesting. The Gemara says, Dafka, use a wheat kernel. Don't use steel. Don't use steel. Why? Because says, steel, right, a little piece of steel, because you can think you can use a piece of steel to go and irritate the area. That could actually make things worse. Rashi points out over here, Mizrav Zaref osif Chabura, osif Chabura, I will say this could actually make the wound even worse, okay? V'hani mili avagadol mekipli mikbal. And I will say this is only ultimately if it's a small puncture, but if it's a larger puncture, if it's a larger puncture, ultimately, and the problem is if the, the, the seal won't hold. Rabba Barafuna I will say if a person urinates from two places, which I will say means essentially, when they urinate, the stream comes out of two parts of the abra. They have a puncture wound. And therefore, as a result, urine comes out of two parts. So the Gemara says, Pusel, such an individual is Pusel. Amir Rava, less, so it is incredible? Rava says, less Hilchasa, loke brava loka aba. So Rava says, the Halacha doesn't follow the son, nor does it follow the fathers, Because you must remember again, this was a statement from Rava. Bar rafuna. So the Gemara said so Rabba comes along, and he says that Lecha doesn't follow Rafuna and Rabbah and it doesn't follow it doesn't follow the sun. Rabba and it doesn't follow Rafuna. So the Gemara says, So So it's his incredible Gemara? So it doesn't follow the sun, like we just said, that just because you urinate from two places, that does not make you a cross shafcha. And Abba, what's the what's the what's the statement of the father? Say, say, interesting. he says Rafuna? Nashim Hamsololos Zubazu. So I say, Rashi says over here, women misololos. Rashi says misololos derech tashmish says misolos literally means rub against each other. This is referring to women who engage in homosexual activity. So women who are gay and engage in sexual behavior with each other. Rav Huna says psulos lekahuna. Ultimately, again, they are pasul the Apostle of Kahuna, vaafilu the Rabbi Elazar, the amr of Avfilu Rabbi who says, "Paneh habala ishos asazona." If to Rabbi who holds that Allah alamaisa, a man and woman who have relations not for the sake of marriage, ultimately that woman becomes a zona and therefore is precluded from marrying a kohen. Hani Mili ish, hani ish. That's when there's lusty a man and a woman. Aval isha pritusa ba'alma. But women, two women engaging in sexual behavior with each other, abosai is not, does not render either of them a zona. I will say for one simple reason, in halacha, in halacha, bia is defined as penetration. It could be bia kidarka, bia shiloh kidarka, but there has to be a penetration. So it's very interesting, from the eyes of halacha, when two women engage in sexual behavior, it's pritzos. it's considered to be something immoral, but interestingly enough, it does not have the designation ultimately of of, of illicit sexual behavior which means that lemaysa, they would not be categorized as a zona, and therefore neither of them would be precluded from marrying a kohen very interesting halacha so we'll say, by the way that, that's actually how he passed in maisa. this is the major distinction between two men engaging in sexual behavior versus two women in gay, often we group everything under, under gay behavior but Lamaise, it's important to say they're actually different, they're actually different halachically. we say before we go on, I'll just mention something very interesting. One of the things I forgot to mention over here, when we were speaking about the guy of Nikave Vinistam, ultimately again he has, a, there's a, a puncture and then it's he, and then it's healed and we want to see does the seal heal so the Gemara was trying to speak about again how do we get him to produce a sample in order that we could see that ultimately that the, that the seal held we will say it is interesting to note why isn't that a problem of Hashchasas zera levatola right in other words we want the guy to produce zera we want we want him to ejaculate but again it's not in the context of relations we just want so we'll say so what's like what's what's the pshat so I will say you see over here something incredibly amazing which is the definition of hashchasas zera levatala means when there is no purpose for the ejaculation. But halacha l'mayseh, here there is a purpose. What's the purpose? We, we want to check him. We want to see the I want to tell you, why is this incredibly important? Because Rabbi say this comes into the realm of, of artificial, artificial, insemination, just in general, reproductive science. Because very often when a couple is struggling with fertility, the first thing you have to find out is... Where is the challenge, right? Is the challenge in the sperm count of the man? Is the challenge in the challenge with the woman? So I will say it used to be, it's very interesting. So it used to be in reproductive medicine, the way they would check semen samples was very simple. Couple would have relations. And then ultimately, again, they would essentially do vaginal retrieval. They'd go into the woman afterwards and they would go ahead and retrieve the zero like that. Later on, as the science progressed, they understood that to really understand what was going on, they needed what they call the clean sample. The clean sample. So there's a lot of this, which means, again, which means halokha l'maysoh, they want the man to be motzi zera, not inside of his wife, outside. So, I both say, so this, raises, this raises an entire discussion about how to get a sample. So halokha just pointing out, that many poskim say, that a man is permitted to produce a sample because halokha said that's not called hotza'as zera' levatala. It's not levatala. This is for a very important purpose to see what is next. So, and I will say, now I'll just tell you, but what does come up is, how does the man produce the sample? And I will say, by the way, it's very interesting, in other words, that we're going through this whole thing with the barley and the da, 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 right? So I will say, so why, why don't we just tell the man, just, Stimulate yourself and just go and produce a sample. I will say because you see from here that halacha even when it's permitted to be motzi zera, it is not permitted to be motzi zera biyad. That ultimately, again, to cause oneself to go ahead and produce a sample that that the halacha does not ideally, unless there are like dire, does not want. So therefore it would be better for the couple to have relations and for the man to be motzi zera than outside of his wife. But to, that's why, again, the Gemara doesn't entertain the possibility of the man being motzi zera himself. There's got to be some external stimulant in order to be able to get him to be motzi. I know we're getting a little bit off topic over here. I'll say that again. Let's give that to the Mishnah. Anyway, anyway so my, my point over here, it's a, I'm just pointing out how sometimes you see Gimaras and you think that, like, oh, interesting. And I will say, you don't understand, like, the, the impact that this Gemara has on couples struggling with fertility and the idea that this Gemara opens up Hassoi. I will say, from American, from Smich Haschavar, many, many, many postgames still are against the man being Motzi, Zera, outright, for, for just a sample. Satmarov was one of them, other postgames, but I'm just pointing out the whole, the whole license. To engage in fertility treatments and fertility studies is based on this skimara. Incredible. Mishnah. Now let's get into now we'll say now that we defined our terms. Let's discuss a little bit Azrael, I see uh, I see Morty. Is, is, is that Morty Miller, your son, on, on Zoom? Okay, just you're gonna have to have a long talk with him when you get home today. I'm sorry, I didn't. I see more of you out here. I'm like, oh gosh, all right, all right, I just clear your afternoon. All right, so the guy says, so, oh, all right, tell him stay in school, stay in school. That's all right, so the guy says, we're trying to be young, so Mishu Keres. So what says into this? Right. There. So btsuah right, daka are permitted with a Gioras and mishuchre. So we'll say? So here's what we know. Btsuah daka, P'tzua, daka and krusshafcha are not permitted to, to come bakal, Right. They're not permitted to marry into the general assembly of Klal Yisrael. So who are they permitted to marry? So the Gemara says they're permitted to marry a Gioras and a mishuchre. Right. A Gioras, a convert. A mishuchre, an emancipated slave. Ve'enon asur bakal. They're only prohibited to marry into what we'll call the general marriage pool. <speaking in Hebrew> Ultimately, again, the Passoc says the Passoc can't come into Kaal Hashem. Good. Says the Gimara, but say, fascinating Shaila. So I'm listen to this Shaila. What happens if you have a Kohen who's a Passoc? Is a Kohen pitsuadhaka Daka permitted to go ahead and marry a Gioras and a Mishuk Raras? So We're we'll say, here the Shaila. A Kohen is not permitted normally to marry a Gioras or a Mishuk But what about if he's a Pitsuadaka? Daka? we will say, what's the shaila? B'Kedushah say K'ai of O'Dim Allah B'Kedushah say K'ai V'Shari. We're we'll say, what's the fundamental shaila? The fundamental shaila is, is, does a Kohen pitsuadaka Daka retain his Kedushah kahuna? Or not. If he retains his Kiddush Skuna, then he may not marry a Gyoros and Reres. If he does not retain his Kiddush Kuna, he may marry a Gioris So which one is it? So the Gemara says, Amrali Ravshesh says <laughs> we learn this <laughs> A Petsua Yisrael is permitted to marry a Nasina. Now we'll say the Nasinim, the Nasinim. Remember again the Nassimim were the group of people who disguised themselves, when Yahushua comes into Eretz Israel, they disguised themselves as a non-indigenous nation in order to escape the, uh, the, the fate of the Zion Ummus of the seven nations. They, 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 they disguised themselves as a foreign nation. So, Yoshua made a treaty with them. Then, ultimately, again, they were discovered to have lied about their identity. Yoshua didn't want to break the treaty, so they were relegated to the status of water carriers. So, the Gemara says, a betzua daki Yisrael muta ben Nesina. A betzua daki Yisrael is permitted to marry Nesina. V'sagdait Rabbi Dushas Eikai Eikri khan lo tischatin bam. Now both say this is very interesting. The Gemara is assuming over here that halacha la ma'isa. Well, actually, let's see. So the Gemara says you see that a betzua daka who is, the is, permitted, is permitted to marry a nassin or Nesina. Ultimately, yet the Torah says you're not supposed to marry them. So what does that show you? that a Petzua Daka loses his personalistic Kiddusha. So, so too I would say that a coin Petzua Daka is also permitted to marry one of these women. Amarava, atu mishim Kiddushu, dilma molid ben kochavim. The Gemara says, says an is a non-Jew. Is a non-Jew. The reason why Yisrael is not permitted to go and marry a non-Jew is out of a fear that if you have children with her, her children ultimately again will be Ovid Avodil zara. So the Israel to marry an or an Asin, when they are a guy, when they convert, ultimately again, they can marry Yisrael. The rabbis were the ones who stepped in and said, you shouldn't marry an Asin convert. And Chazawa only goes there in a situation where they're capable of having children, or where the man is capable of having children. But I will say, this individual is not capable of having children, right to the Petzua Daka, Chazawa not goes there on him. so he could marry a Nesina convert. Well, if that's the case, then a Mamzer... Ultimately, who is capable of having children, should not be permitted to go ahead and marry a Nasina. <speaking in> What's <Hebrew> not good? Mamzerim Unasina Mutarim Lovo Zeboze. and Nasina are permitted to marry each other. To which the more it's Eliki. Gazer Abanam Beksherim, Bepsulim Lo Gazer. So I will say what Gimara seems to say is like this Anasin, who is not Jewish, there's a general, you can't marry a non Jew. There is no marriage by a non Jew. When Anasin converts, Chazal said, you shouldn't marry them. Shouldn't marry them. But who shouldn't marry them? Only people capable of having children. But people incapable of having children, or for that matter, again, people who are genealogically unfit, like mamzerim, are permitted to marry nisin converts. So the Gemara says, Rava says, The truth is, this whole, this whole discussion is not true. What, what I said before is not true. When the nisin is not Jewish, there's no marriage in general with a non-Jew. So the Gemara says this. When they convert, they're just like any other convert, and therefore, halakha so you permitted to marry them. So I will say, what, what do you? now I will say, the Gemara going back and just said before, there's no such thing as marriage with a non Jew. Really? The Pasik says that Shlomo Hamelech married Basparo. Basparo Pashtos wasn't Jewish, but yet he married her. To which Gemara says, no, 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 Gayure Gayre. No, he converted her. He converted her, then he married her. So the Gemara says, but one second. And I will say the Gemara says that we did not accept converts during the days of Shlomo, or David or Shlomo. I will say this goes back. We had, remember, we had the Sugya of Geras in Yavamas. We had this Sugya. And I will say, remember again, we only accept Gerim when? when it's times of challenge for Qal Yisrael. Because again, if everything is going great, everybody wants to be on the winning team. So, so the Gemara says, historically, we did not accept converts during the days of David and Shlomo because that was like a golden age of the Jewish people. Similarly, when else won't we accept converts? In a messianic area, Moshiach? So again, how was Shlomo able to convert Basparo? To which Gemara says one second. time will say the reason we don't go ahead and convert people during the days of David and Shlomo is because there's a concern that they're going to want to enjoy the wealth and prosperity of the Jewish people. That's why they're converting. Ahmed Bayes. Lay. They will say, Basparo was already royalty. So, because she was already royalty, there was no concern that she was converting in order to eat at Shulchan Malachim. Why not? Why not? I will say, she lived on Shulchan Malachim. I, But still, even if he did convert her, how could he marry her? The the Hamitzis Rishonahi. I will say, one second. Even if Shlomo, it's supposed say, second line of Ayin Days, even if Shlomo did convert Basparo, he still can't marry her. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, Ultimately, she's a Mitzvah's Rishonah. She's a first-generation Mitzvah convert. And I must remember, again, Mitzvah converts, Mitzvah can convert, but they're limited in their marriage pool until when? Third generation. So the Gemara says, Maybe you'll say, that by the time of Shlomah HaMelech, the Mitzrim of the days of Shlomah HaMelech, were not the real Mitzrim. They weren't the real Mitzrim. Ultimately, again, because maybe the nations got mixed up and the Mitzvah was not a real Mitzvah. So, no, no, no. But, Tanya Rabbi Huda, Rabbi, Rabbi Huda says, listen to this, Minyamin, my friend, was a ger Mitzvah. My, right? So Rabbi Huda this is Rabbi Huda saying, Minyamin, my friend, was an Egyptian convert. So my friend Minyamin, who was one of the Tamid of Rabbi Akiva, was a first generation Egyptian convert. And Minyamin used to say, Amar, I'm a first-generation Egyptian convert, and I married another woman who's also first-generation. My son will be a second-generation convert. I'll marry him off to a second-generation convert as well. In order that my grandson will be permitted to marry to the general poor. Obviously, the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva, is living way after the times of Shlomo HaMelech. So if again, in the times of Rabbi Akiva, we're still concerned about Egyptian converts, still the times of Shlomo HaMelech we're concerned as well. So even if you want to say that Shlomo was able to convert her, at most she's what? At most she's what? A first generation Egyptian convert. And a first generation Egyptian convert is not permitted to marry into the regular pool. To which the Gemara says, Amra Papa." Anan mishlomo shlomo nasiv. I will say, so Papa says, what are you getting all worked up about? Shlomo didn't marry her; he just lived with her. Like, right there, 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 wasn't really a marriage. In other words, he married, so to speak. They, they were husband and wife, but there was no real. There was no there was no halachic marriage there. One second. So, we'll say, so again, because the Posick says exclusively from the nations that Hashem told us not to marry into them, Shlomo HaMelech was connected, right? Shlomo heart clung to one of these women. So the Gemara says, But the Posick says he married Basparo. And we'll say, this is fascinating. The Gemara says, she didn't convert, she didn't convert because we'll even if she didn't convert, it didn't matter. He still couldn't marry her. So Halach I will say, aye, it says that he married her, he didn't marry her, but rather again, he loved her so much that it was kilu they were married. In other words, they conducted themselves as a married couple, even though again, halachically, there was absolutely no marriage there. Incredible, I will say. I, I just want to point out, I will say, this was a tremendous avera. J- just when, like, Dimar is talking about this, like kind of like matter of fact, but remember again, this, this part of this led in a dramatically to Shlomelach's downfall. Remember again, we saw the Gemara Maseches getting at the whole story with Ashmedai. Shlomelach writes Koheles. Shlomelach suffers an incredible descent. Right? Whether, whether the story with Ashmedai is literal or it's metaphorical, it represents a profound spiritual fall for Shlomah When did that fall occur? It was in the aftermath of this marriage. Because Basparo brought all of her avodah with her. And it's not just her. He had other wives like this. And Shlomo suffered a, a stunning spiritual defeat. The incredible story of Shlomelech is he got back up. He got back up. And he reclaimed his throne. And he reclaimed his spiritual glory. And he reclaimed his spiritual standing. But again, Rabot said this was a huge avera that led to a tremendous descent on the part of Shlomo HaMelech. So the Gemara goes weiter. So back again back to the Nisan. So we learn that in the Mishnah that a P'tzua daka and a Krushafka are permitted in the Gyores and a Mishukharas, but it sounds like they're not permitted to marry an but if you look at the end of the Mishnah, what does the end of the Mishnah say? They're not permitted to marry to the normal marriage pool, which sounds like that they are permitted to go out and marry in a Sina. Rather, I say, you can't bring a Raya from here. So we will say, let's go back for a moment. Let's just talk about the Halacha Lama maisa So how, how, how do we paskin? Because I will say, the truth is, this is actually quite fascinating. Let's talk about the coin case. How did this all get started? We wanted to know, can a Cohen pitsua Daka marry a giyores or a shifcha Mishukraras, right? The because we saw, we just right. The point of the Mishnah was that a pitzua daka is not permitted lavo bekal Hashem. He is not permitted to marry into the normal marriage pool. Who is he permitted to marry? A convert or an emancipated slave? Okay. Gimara Gemara asked, what about a kohen? Is a kohen? Or does a kohen also permitted to marry a giyores or a mishukheres? Which is another way of asking: Does a kohen pitzua daka? retain his Kohanic holiness or does he lose it? So we'll also listen to this. The Rambam in Hilchos Isure Bia, Perek Zain Zayin Halacha Aleph writes as follows. Says Petzua are not permitted to go ahead and marry into the normal baron which will not permit to marry a Bas Yisrael. However Umutorim Lisa Gyorz Meshacharaz So Rambam Paskins like our Mishnah A regular Petzua Daka is permitted to marry Gyorz Meshacharaz Here we go. Vahilu Coin, Shu Pitsuadakao, Mutra Lisa Gyoras Mishukaras, the fish Shaino, Fe Shaino the Kiddusha. So Incredible Rabo say a Koin Pitsuadaka does not have his Kidushas Kuna. And because he doesn't have his kidushas kuna, he is permitted to marry a giyores. So, we'll is, really, is really, incredible. Now, the fascinating part will be the status of his offspring, right? Because we'll say, so, but, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. We'll say, but the idea so is incredible. So, you can have a case of a coin. Good. Somebody asks you, what, what's the case of a coin who can marry a Gioris? And the answer is, Petsuadaka. The Ramam also says over here, Khrushchev, right? So, we'll say, so, too, whether it's a regular Pitsuadaka or a coin pitsuadaka. Could also marry an Asina who converts or any of the other nations who convert. Incredible. Incredible. say that's that locha. Good. Mishnah. Amoni umo avi. So now that we started speaking about the people, by the way, I just want to tell you, great week of Gemara ahead of us. Really fascinating. Now that we started talking about the Daka, the kroshavcha, that they are not permitted to marry into the, into the regular pool, the Gemara says, Amoni umo avi, asurin vi Surin Olam. We'll say an Ammoni and Moavi, someone from the nation of Amon and Moab. We'll say, by the way, Ammon and moab they are our cousins, right? The, the, these are the descendants of Lot. We are the descendants of Avraham. These are our cousins. So the Gemara says, so an Ammoni and Moavi, so people who convert to Amon and Moab, asurim, are prohibited, Now we'll say, when we say prohibited, prohibited to what? Prohibited to marry into the normal marriage pool. We'll Both say they could convert, right? In other words, a person from Amon is permitted to convert, but they are always going to be limited in terms of who they can marry. As opposed to, let's say, the Egyptian, who when he converts is limited for three generations, but after three generations totally blends in. Amon and Moab can convert, but will always be restricted with their marital pool. Avat nekivoseyem, avat Nikivo Mutaris esmiyad. But I would say this prohibition only applies to men from Amon and Moab, Women from Ammon and Moab, if they convert, are permitted to immediately integrate. Mitzri ve'adomi, a Mitzri and an Adamite, They have a three-generation limit where they are limited to marrying only other Mitzri or converts or other converts. But ultimately, again, after three generations, they are permitted for a full integration. Echad ve'echad Both men and women. shimin matir miyad. Rabbi Shimon says that Alach Alamaisa Mitzri and Adom, just like The women are permitted to marry into the general pool immediately. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Shimon, Kavuchomer, Kavuchomer Advarim. Rabbi Shimon says, It's Kavuchomer Uma in Bamak first. Why don't I say in Vavu Mideis Uma in Bamakom Shasras Hazehcharim Israel Olam Heteras Nakevos Miad. In a case, in a case of converts who are prohibited forever. I say, What's the case of converts who are prohibited forever? What's that case? Ammon and Moab. So in Amon and Moav, where the men are prohibited forever from marrying into the regular marriage pool, the women are permitted immediately. Right? So therefore again, so Makum Shl Asra I'm sorry, it's the Gimmar said, Makum shlosra sasharim, elach losha doros, ainodir sanakebos, miad, Shabashemon says, so then certainly in a case where the men themselves are only restricted for three generations, which is what, Kesar Rebbe Osai, and Adomi, the women should be permitted to marry into the general pool immediately. Amrulo, so I said to Rabbi Shimon, Im halacha nekabel, the ladin yesh tshuva. So Rabbi Shimon, let me ask you, is this a halacha? Or is it, or rabbi said, is, is, is this something you received from your Rebbe? or is just, just your own idea. If it's your misora, if it's a misora, then we'll accept it. But if it's your own idea, then we will refute it. What the refutation is, I mean, we'll see in the Gemara, ani says, no, 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 I'm not making stuff up, or it's not, my, it's not my own idea, but rather, again, this is the tradition I have received from my Rebbeim. Beautiful. So we'll say that's analyzed. Muna Hanimili. I will say, where is, where is this from? So I will say, remember again, let's go back for just a moment. The first halach in the Gemara was about the convert from the nations of Amon and Moab. And what's their status from Amon and Moab? The halach is they could convert, they could convert. But halach the men are forever restricted from marrying into the regular marriage pool. Forever restricted. The women are not. So the Gemara says, from where do we know this? Tom Kirko Kirkos incredible Gemara? Kirkos Shaul as David yotze Likras aflist. Let's listening to this. When Shaul saw when Saul saw David going out to do war with with Goliath. I right? so right. David remember, so remember again this is a famous story. Goliath is taunting the Jewish army. The Jewish army will say so what happens remember again so Shaul, put, and everybody's paralyzed with fear. Everyone's paralyzed with fear. Shaul put out a reward. Whoever is willing to go ahead and go out and face Goliath and is successful. So Shaul promises him wealth and promises him what else? What else? His daughter Michal's hand in marriage. And young David, unseasoned warrior, right? Unse- what, unseasoned soldier, just a shepherd, rise, rise, chance. well. Remember again, where does this take place? In Emei Kaila. Right, you can go right outside of Beit Shemesh. Right, you can go Eme Kaela. You could see, you could see the spot of the war of David and Goliath. So Kiros Shaol as David yotze l'kraz So Shaol sees David go out to go out and do war with Goliath. Amar El Avner Sarat Sava Ben Mihanar Hazah. Right, Avner. So the Gemara says. So, so Shaol says to Avner, his general, Avner. Who is this boy? Me, 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 Zanar, who is this? And Avner says, I don't know. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, Velo What are you talking about? Neither Shoal nor Avner knew who David was. Of course they did. Ultimately, again, the Pasik says that Shoal, right? Shoal loved David very much right? And David was, a, was like a shield bearer. He used to carry around. He was like his weapons caddy, right? He was going ahead and carrying around his weapons. So, so what do you mean that Shul didn't, didn't know who David was? El listen to this. So no, no, no. Shul was not asking Avner about David. He was asking Avner about David's father. David's father, Lo so Sha'ol and Avner didn't know David's father, Yishai, Vakhsiv, Vaish, Zokin, Baba Anoshin, so, we'll say Yishai was a very well-known man, both a scholar and a warrior who went out with the multitudes. In other words, he was always surrounded by people. Everyone knew Yishai and everyone knew David. So what's the pshat? So I we'll say. So we'll say so remember, see the problem? So ultimately, David is going out to do battle with Sha'ul. And in that moment that David goes out, Sha'ul asks, Shaul asks Avner, who is the, the Lushan of the Pasach is? Right? Mi ze hanar. Who is this? So the Gemara says, what's the question? It can't be he's asking who's David because he knows David. It can't be he's asking who his father is, who's Yishai. They know Yishai. So what is he asking? They will say, get ready for this. How Hachikam HaShol. Emi peretz asi, Emi zarech asi. Wow. Sha will say, in that moment, in that moment, Shaul sees something dramatic happen. He sees a no one. David was a no one at that point. They we'll both say, he was a no one. He was a no one. And he sees a no one who rises out of obscurity and finds the courage to face the greatest enemy of the Jewish people. "Put Goliath put fear into the Jewish army each and every day. Shaul sees this young boy who again, no one knew, was not, was not a warrior going out to go and do battle with, with Goliath. And he asks Avner, who is he descended from? Said, David from Yehuda, but Yehuda remember again as twin boys, twin boys, Zarach and Peretz. So I say, listen to this. So he asked Avner which son of Yehuda is David descended from. So the Gemara says, "Imi so Imi Asi. If he's descended from Peretz, Malkahavi. Ultimately, again, then this foreshadows that he will become king one day. And I both say the monarchial line, we, you know, we, all, we often speak about that the monarchial line comes from Yehuda, it's true, but it comes from Yehuda through Peretz, from Yehuda through Peretz. So what Shoal is really asking in that moment is which of the sons of Yehuda is David descended from? If he's from Peretz, then ultimately, again, that means he's going to be king. Shamelech, Porates, Lassos, Derech. Rebbe said, "This is very interesting because why kings come from parrots? say, what does parrots mean? What does Paris mean to make a breach? Because what does the king have a right to do? The king has a right to make breaches, and no one can stop. eminent domain. Eminent domain. The king could seize property for the purpose of the kingdom, right? <coughs> the king could do things. He can make breaches, and no one could stop him. So the Gemara says zerach asi, or if he comes from zerach, then chashiva ba'al mohavi. Ultimately, again, he'll be important. He'll be very important, but he won't be king. So this is incredible. In this moment, when Shaul sees young, young, obscure, unknown David, willing to summon up the courage and go out to battle with Goliath, says to Avner, who is this kid? Who is this kid? Is he descendant from Zerach, or is he descendant from Peretz? Is he going to be a king, or is he just going to be someone chashev? So the Gemara says... The Gemara says my time. I said listen to this. But what was it? In other words, what was it? See, what was it that, that sparked Shul's curiosity? And also we're gonna see by the way, it's more than curiosity. Shul had fear. He had fear, right? He he feared that this young man was going to eclipse him, which I says say is what happened in the very next moment. So my time was listen to this. So my time, I'm, really sure I'm really my I'm my ta my time, really sure. my time really sure. my time, why did Sha'ul feel compelled to ask about him? Listen to this. See, so the Rebbe said, here was the incredible part. Sha'ul allowed David to wear his armor. To wear his armor. Then Rebbe say, now here's the incredible part. When Sha'ul became king, when Shmuel anointed him, the Navi described Sha'ul as being tall, broad, and very strapping. Right? The strapping young man. The fact that David fit into his armor was a miracle. So, I both say Shaul and David were not the same size. David was younger and not the same, not the same size, right? Not the same build as Shaul. Yet, when David put on the armor of Shaul, it fit. It fit. So, a young man put on the armor of the king, and it fit. When Shabbos say, ultimately, again, and the Dabi says about Shaul that he was a shoulder taller, a shoulder taller than everyone else. Shabbos say, when Shaul sees this, he says, oh my gosh, my armor just fit perfectly. Custom armor for this young man. That's number one. And number two, who, that's what leads him to ask, who is he descended from? Who is he descended from? So I say, now watch this. I'm going to say, just another minute. So I will say, doeg. Was one of the advisors of Shaul. We're going to see Doeg Adomi was a very, very, very bad man. He was a great Talmud Chacham, but he really did some terrible things, as we're going to see. So I'm going to say Doeg Adomi, Wow. So Doeg tries to go ahead and immediately discredit David from the beginning, and he says to Sha'ol, Shaul. Shaul Instead of to asking where he's descended from on his father's side, why don't you go and figure out, you see, from Zaraka from Peretz, I'll do you one better. Why don't you ask if he's Jewish, right? If he's even permitted, love bakal. if he's even permitted to go and enter into the assembly of the Jewish people. So I'm going to say, watch this. Doeg, Doeg goes ahead and says to show, don't worry about this kid. Don't worry about this kid. He's not really even in a part of the normative Jewish people. Why not? Because he's a descendant of Rus. Rus was a Moabite convert. And Doig says, as we know, the Ponsik says, Lo Amoni umo avi So this David, he's a nice kid, but first of all, he still lives in the orbit of converts and he'll never get out of that pool. Do you know why? Because he's a descendant from Amon and Moab. Avner pipes, Avner Tanino. So we'll say, Abner comes along and says, but one second, we've darshaned from the Posseg that the prohibition to marry into the pool only applies to who? Male members of Amon. So we'll say, we'll stop over here for today. We'll stop over here for today, but again, what I want to point out to you is, remember, how do we get into this? The Gemara, the Mishnah said, the Mishnah said that converts of Amon and Moab, the men, are always restricted, always restricted to marrying within the marriage pool of the convert world. The women are immediately permitted to integrate. The Gemara is trying to figure out where is this from? So the Gemara tells the whole story of David and the story of Davin and because of this response of Avner. Avner tries to, retry, right, Doeg tries to discredit David by saying he's not really even fully Jewish. And it's Ammonia of Allah, right? He tries to discredit him. Then ultimately, again, Avner comes along and says, no, it only applies to the male members not the female members. I will say the drusham, it's more of it. You're going to see tomorrow. Shkoyach.